Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview here here again alongside co-host James Ledbetter, um, and it is Zozo Championship Week at Narashiro Country Club. Um, the PGA Tour coming off two straight weeks in Vegas, the Shriners, and then the CJ Cup last week. Uh, great week for Led carrying the load last week. Uh, me, not so much. I did hit one of my head-to-heads with Colin Morikawa over Sam Burns at minus 110, um, and then hit one in my picks-to-play section uh, with Victor Hovland as the top continental European um, at plus 120. But uh, different story with Led. Led, how was your week um, at the CJ Cup? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I had uh, JT over DJ. I had Jordan Spieth over Hazen, Cheryl Hatton, top Englishman, and uh, – Sam Burns registering another top 10. You know, it's been a while since we've, since we've had a winner, obviously tough to do when a lot of these guys are, you know, 15 to one, 20 to one. A lot of times, if you can, you know, hit, hit one of those one winners once every couple months, it keeps your head above water. So we should be due to have a winner pretty soon. Um, Speaking of winner, good to see Rory back in the winner's circle. He hadn't won since the Wells Fargo. Still obviously has the seven-year major drought going. Hard to believe there's seven-year-olds out there that have never seen Rory uh, cash in a major. But, uh, you know, really exciting tournament. Top of the leaderboard was stacked. Obviously, you had Rory, Colin Morikawa, and Ricky in there. Um, honestly, you know, what we kind of predicted was a shootout. Obviously, that's kind of what we got with a score of 25 under winning. Uh, didn't think Rory was going to be able to putt low enough to post numbers like that. But, uh he obviously was able to get it round, uh, to get it done. Yeah, it, it's kind of the beginning of a trend with Rory as far as good putting weeks. That's his third straight pretty decent putting week, and um, I got screwed. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of faded Rory a bit last week. Uh, took Dustin Johnson over Rory at minus one twenty. Dustin Johnson, not the week I expected. Did finish minus fourteen, but the first round seventy four just absolutely killed him, finishing forty fifth. And I think it's one of those things, you know, doing our job picking guys, it becomes a lot tougher as the score gets lower and lower because, as we've seen, the difference between, you know, you shooting 22 under and 17 under, that could be the difference between a top 10 and not, you know, finishing in the top 40, 45. Like, the, the field was so congested. It's like these guys are having awful week shooting. You know, finishing tied 50th was 13 under par or something like that. So it's kind of ridiculous to – you know, it, it does become a little easier to pick guys to win the tournament, I think. Um, but when it's top 10, top 20, and one to two shots separate, separating 40 places, it can get pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. Um, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll use D- Dustin Johnson again. Like, at 14 under at T45, you're kind of expecting, like, you look down the stat sheet, you're expecting to see him, like, play bad or something because he's in 45th. But these guys, I mean, you know, the, the guys at between, you know, 11 and 18 under all great weeks. It's just didn't yeah. black out. And, and even watching Sam Burns on the stretch, it seemed like, okay, if he birdies 18, he'll finish fourth. If he bogeys 18, he'll finish like 22nd over exaggerating a little bit there, but that's how kind of stacked it gets up at the top. So uh, yeah, I mean, might as well move into the next tournament. We had a good week last week. Let's see if we can get it, keep it going. Um, this week we have the Zozo championship. We're heading back to Japan. Um, 
back to Asia for the PGA Tour for the first time since COVID. Obviously, we were in Japan for the Olympics. Um, same thing as last week with the limited field. We only have 75, 80 guys playing. Um, definitely one of the weaker fields there. I saw there was, you know, 13, 14 Japanese tour members that did get um, exemptions into the event. That obviously weakens the field a little bit just based on their world ranking. Um, just in terms of betting it this week and looking at the field, just like last, last week, the field is mostly made up, made up of, you know, guys who finished top 60 in the FedEx cup and then those um, sponsor exemptions. And because we do have that limited field, it's going to be another no cut event. So all four days, um, those head to heads, um, you know, it's going to be a sweat all week. Um, one more thing to look at just in terms of betting it with these smaller fields, I want you to look at those top tens, more like top twenties and those top twenties, more like top forties, just because the field is, is, uh, you know, cut in half. One thing comparing it back to last week with the CJ cup, we definitely have a weaker field. Yes. We have a couple studs playing guys like Xander and Colin, but, um, you know, guys, when you're talking about guys in that, you know, mid tier studs, you know, maybe fifth in the world to 25th in the world, not a lot of guys playing. So, that's why I think the reasoning behind a guy like Xander is five to one, which seems like what the hell that should be his uh, top five number, but there just isn't really the competition at the, uh, at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. I think the other thing to look at coming off two straight weeks in Vegas is um, some of the mid tier guys, even some of the stars, Morikawa, Neiman, um, <clears throat> all coming from uh, the CJ cup off either one week playing or back to back week playing you know, like Harry Higgs um, and a few other guys, they played the Shriners, they played CJ Cup, and now they're going to Japan. I think that fatigue, even though it is relatively early in the season, I think that's something to look at this week. I, I don't Hideki, Hideki being one of those as well, who yeah. played both events in Vegas and then heading here. But, well, how about we get into the golf course? This week we're playing Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. That's a mouthful this week. It's a par 70 and it's just over 7,000 yards. Um, tons of dog legs. So you're going to have to be able to work the ball both ways. Pretty much every guy on the PJ Tour nowadays with today's modern equipment, you can do that. Uh, one thing you kind of pointed out, well, they have two greens on every hole. I guess they get so much play that it's just not sustainable for to have, you know, thousands of people walking over the green on a daily basis. So I don't know how exactly that plays. Are they even, do they pick a green for the entire week? Yeah, they do. They... Actually, the, the reason behind it is when it's hot in the summers, they switch to the non-bent green and they cover it. And then this time of the year, um, they, 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 uh, they use the bent grass green. So no, they, they stay consistent with it. Okay. Well, I, I read online somewhere that they implement both sometimes when they are really busy. I don't think there's eight guys in the fairway going at different greens, but uh, it, might, it might be a little fake news there. So um, we'll go with what Will said. That, that makes more sense with kind of the seasonal thing. Um, in terms of the golf course, like we said, par 70, just over 7,000 yards. It has three par fives and five par threes. Um, one of those par fives supposedly isn't reachable unless you kind of really have the uh, environmental setup, I guess, downwind and you get in some bounces there. Um, it's a typical Japanese Parkland style course, typical Japanese Parkland style course, meaning uh, a lot of trees, uh, tree line fairways. I think it's going to be pretty comparable to, you know, where they did host the Olympics. Um, and we are going to be dealing with Zoysia fairways and uh, bent greens this week. So one of the things I've heard is the greens are actually not very fast. 
Uh, they can't get them too fast just because if there's so much slope on the greens, the balls would literally be rolling off off the top of them. So one thing we'll definitely look at is strokes gain putting on bent. Um, another thing that kind of jumps out is just the size of the greens. Supposedly they are very small. So we're going to look at strokes gain approach as an important um, stat for all the guys. Um, and then just looking at the last time they played this tournament, Someone by the name of Tiger Woods won his 82nd PJ Tour event. He finished with a score of 19 under par and had a three-stroke lead. Um, other guys that were playing, uh, that are playing this week, Hideki finished uh, runner-up. And then other guys that were in contention who aren't playing this week, Sanjay and Rory finished in a tie for third. Um, just looking at how the course played, you, the 19 under kind of jumps out at you, but when you really see how it played, only 10 players were able to reach double digit under par. So the course definitely held, held its own and played difficult. Um, I believe they played the course one of the days, lift clean in place. Now, the way that kind of works out is it can play a little longer. Obviously, the course is soft, but the greens are a little more receptive. So I wouldn't, I think it's going to play pretty similar uh, two years down the road. Um, Confirmed it did rain that year did rain that year one i mean the one thing that jumps out to me before we get into the favorites just discussing the top two guys and i don't really understand it at all uh xander being the favorite uh we have colin yes xander shot a final round 63 last week so obviously game informed for that one round but colin really put it together last week over four rounds finishing second at 24 under par and to me i feel like colin should definitely be the favorite I agree. I agree. I think it should go Morikawa, uh, Xander, and then Hideki. I mean, I, I, Hideki could be number two, but he's just he's playing a bit shocking right now, starting with the putting. I think Xander uh, gets the favorite spot based off, um, you know, winning the gold in Olympics, um, you know, this past summer. I don't know how that relates to how he's playing this week, uh, but, you know, I, I don't make we don't make the odds either. One of the big stories it's, that's seen- got to be it, though, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. One of the big stories I've seen is just uh, the, the Japanese heritage, and that ties into how the, you know, Xander being of a Japanese heritage, Colin, Hideki, <laughs> yeah. I even, Ricky is a quarter Japanese, yep. I noticed was mixed in there. I don't think that's going to uh, play out too much in terms of how they do this week, but, uh, you know, I think the fans are going to clap no matter what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, Rick, uh, Ricky, Ricky in the top five favorites at this point, it, it, it's a bit shocking. I'm putting Joko, I Joko and Ricky tied at 25 to one. Um, that, that's a bit out of control. I mean, Ricky Fowler, we'll get into that, but uh, yeah. you know, great week last week, but still a big wild card as far as betting goes. Yeah. But you know, let's just get into those favorites and we'll break them down one by one. We're going to start off with the somehow tournament favorite Xander Shoffley at plus five fifty. Um, I'm going to go out and say, it. I would hate this number, even if Xander built the course, um, you can let him set the pins, and I'm still not taking them at plus 550. Last week, in route to a tied 18th in Vegas, he hit barely over 50% of the fairways. And um, the only thing that really you kind of have going for him here is, obviously, he's a great player statistically. Um, but the one thing I kind of see is, yes, last time they did have this tournament when Tiger won, he finished in the top 10. I think they're weighing into the fact that he won the gold medal here in Japan earlier this year. Um, you know, the phrase don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, I'm going to go with don't hate the player, just hate the number this week at plus 550. You know, I look for him to potentially maybe top five or top 10 places, you know, obviously do some shopping to see him in there. But 
you bet him at plus five fit at 15, he finished second. You're kind of just leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth. Then you're not really getting that much, that good of a number anyway. So he is a pass from us this week in terms of winning Xander at plus five fifty. Agreed. Nothing on Xander this week. Worried about the travel and on to Colin Morikawa at plus 700. Uh, had Morikawa over Burns last week. Um, and what a final round from, from, from Colin uh, with a closing 10 under to vault up to second place. Morikawa played one of his first PGA Tour events as a pro um, at the Zozo Championship in 2019 when Tiger won the event. Um, and since then, Morikawa simply become the best ball striker since Tiger Woods. What I love about Colin's play uh, last week was how well he putted. Uh, like we noted, he was playing in his home course and performed like it, um, sort of unlike Maverick McNeely to a sense. Still on bent grass greens this week at Narashiro, uh, which is Morikawa's best putting surface. Um, you know, I do have my concerns with players um, like Xander, like Colin, that you know play one week in one country and then globe trot to another the next week. Uh, but Morikawa, you know, does get a little taste of a culture that he's familiar with, being that, like Led said, he is half Japanese. And he'll, know no, that, he'll know that wasabi isn't guacamole, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, unlike Ryan Palmer and Charlie Hoffman, he will. Uh, there's no one on the planet hitting it better than Morikawa. I've been saying this since the Ryder Cup. Um, the confidence that he picked up with the putter at the Ryder Cup obviously translated into how he putted last week. So, not sure if I'm taking anything on Morikawa now. However, if you're up for a bit of an expensive ticket, I do like Colin Morikawa over Johnny Vegas at minus 135 for a first round lock. Uh, keep that in mind um, before round one. But other than that, not a whole lot of action on Morikawa this week. Yeah, and for me, if you're deciding between, you know, if you want to take one of these favorites, Colin definitely stands out to me as the guy. Winning isn't easy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a great PJ Tour careers are sometimes 10 wins. So expecting Colin to just clean up this week might be a little bit to ask. You know, comparing him to a guy like Xander at plus 550, if it was a head-to-head scenario and we're just taking a guy to win, then I'm taking Colin all day long. Um, one of the things that jumps out, obviously, going to last week is Colin hadn't had a top 20 since the British Open. Yeah. Um, obviously, registering a, uh, a tied second I'm sorry, a yeah, second place last week where he picked up strokes on the field is uh, definitely something you want heading into this week. But and, uh, you yeah, and, 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 yeah, everything's just so expensive with Morikawa this week as far as betting. It just doesn't, I mean, yeah. top five plus 150, but I, I, I don't want to buy anything as far as top 10 or top 20 that's just over the top. I do like that first round over Vegas, though. Yeah, and let's move into our next guy, Hideki Matsuyama at 14 to 1. Um, after a tied six in the fortunate championship, he slowed up a little bit in Vegas with a tied 67th and a tied 59th. So far this season, Hideki is 227th in putting. I did not even know there was 227 PJ Tour members. Um, that seems uh, almost, you know, it should correct itself at some point, you'd assume. Uh, but Hideki's recent form is definitely a little bit of a cause for concern. Um, as we know, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. He's 15th off the tee and sixth approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. Um, he does have the kind of the storyline home guy this week. He's uh, he's from Japan and everyone will be cheering for him. Course history wise, he did finish runner up to Tiger Woods here in 2019. Like we said, only 10 guys in the field finished at 10 under or better and he finished at 16 under. So, you know, he definitely was uh, 
on the podium and it was impressive uh, performance last time he played at this event um, with Hideki's putting. He's the second worst putter in the field on bent grass. So I just don't think he's going to, you know, this isn't his surface, maybe on Bermuda. I might, I might like him in a little more to uh, get his putting corrected, but I don't see him winning this week. Just the way he's putting, I mean, 227 putting on tour, like, Holy cow. Uh, I definitely think he can tend because of all those things going on. It's almost like, uh, you know, if he doesn't finish top 10, people are going to be devastated. Uh, so that's one of the things that definitely jumped out to me. Hideki top 10 at plus 170, but in, for him to win at 14 to one, I don't exactly love him. Agreed. And I, I think if there's one thing that you shouldn't fear about Hideki is that he loses stamina from the travel on back-to-back weeks. Listen, players like Hideki, uh, Sung JM, those guys, they can play 35 straight weeks in a row. It doesn't matter. But I definitely agree with Led that the putting is just way too shocking to take a chance on him this week. Uh, on to Will Zal Torres um, at 18 to 1. Zal playing his first PGA Tour event this week in Asia. Um, didn't talk about it last week, but Zal cost me quite a bit of money two weeks ago at Shriners. I had him in picks to place, and my best bet, he screwed me on both. But um, he did exactly what holds him back from time to time, and that is putt like a 20 handicapper. Um, and now we have a putting surface trend for Zal Torres. Um, if you remember the greens that were at TPC Summerlin two weeks ago where Zal Torres missed the cut, it was big grass. He lost about two and a half strokes to the field there. Uh, fast forward here two weeks later, um, we are on big grass surface um, at Narashiro, uh, and that's a definitely a big, big concern uh, for Zal Torres this week. I will say this golf course is a narrow, fairly short track that just requires you to hit a ton of fairways and Zal Torres does that exceptionally well. Um, but we look back here at the last time this event was on this golf course where Tiger won it, um, you know, at 19 under led, you said there was, there was 10 guys, um, at 10 under or lower. What was that? Yeah. 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 Uh, so obviously requires extremely good putting. It is interesting to see, um, a Zalatoris head-to-head matchup against Fleetwood, which um, Led will discuss next, but that's at minus 120. And you know, Fleetwood hasn't finished top 20 since the Wells Fargo in May. So Led, that looks like a good, you know, that looks like a good ticket in my eyes. But uh, do you have anything else as far as um, you know, Tommy Fleetwood as as we move on and in, into here? Um, yeah, just I do, I mean, of all these favorites. I like Gazala Torres over a guy like we're going to discuss in a minute, Fleetwood, just because of the recent form, two top 15s in his last three starts. Um, you know, his eighth approach um, heading to this week with the small greens. I think that's going to be um, a huge advantage over some guys that are going to be a little scrappier out there. So I wouldn't be shocked if Zalatoris got over the hump this week, got his first tour win in a weaker field, smaller field event. Um but, you know, we'll see how he fares. I'm kind of, you know, you know, I would lean towards of the guys in the, the of the favorites we're going to mention. I would lead, lean towards a guy like Will Zalatoris at uh, 18 to one. But moving to our next guy, Tommy Fleetwood uh, at 22 to one. Uh, I do not like Tommy this week at all. Uh, one of the things he has going for him is he has not missed a cut in a extremely long time, but he also hasn't contended uh, either. Uh, he's coming off a tied 38th in the CJ Cup where the driver is pretty loose, barely hitting over 50% of the fairways. 
statistically just relative to this field he's bottom half in driving putting and ball striking which seems like what else can you i mean what else can you be bad at uh (laughs) covers all the bases there um he did finish in a tide for 22nd in 2019 but he was a different golfer at that point that's when the hair was flowing and uh you know right when you saw the hair you just knew he was going to stiff it uh he is not really that golfer anymore and hasn't been for uh you know almost a calendar year now that matters that matters. No. And uh, Fleetwood, one of two English players in the field, um, and he's heavily favored over Matt Wallace in nationality picks to place at minus 215. I would stay away from that or look for the upset there. Um, mm-hmm. And on to Ricky Fowler um, at 25 to 1. And speaking of matchups against Fleetwood, there is a Fowler over Fleetwood ticket at plus 110. And that could be appetizing based on the way um, that Ricky played last week at the CJ Cup. Uh, listen, great T3 finish for Ricky last week. Um, unfortunately, I picked him a couple of weeks too early at the Shriners where he missed the cut. But Ricky is still a wild card. Uh, when it comes to golf gambling and, and and he did strike the ball better than anyone last week. Um, it was the one player in the top five of the leaderboard um, who ball struck his way to the top. He lost almost a shot and a half um, on the greens last week and still managed to put together a top five finish. Um, and that, that being said, I, I really don't like any Ricky tickets this week, except um, for him as a dog against Fleetwood um, at plus one ten. I, I in order for me to take him in the picks to place or to win, I just feel like I got I got to see it. I got to see it come together a little bit more. Yeah, and um, just like you discussed with that ticket against Fleetwood, I I love that. One of the things looking back to just last week in particular, obviously laying money on a guy who has two top tens in the last two years is always a little bit uh, nerve wracking. One thing to look at it last week is he led the field in total driving greens and reg and strokes gained key to green. So it wasn't like some fluky thing where he picked up 15 shots on the field putting and, you know, we're looking for that putter regress. You know, he has done a lot of work on his swing and it paid off last week in terms of, um, you know, if you're talking about things that travel to different countries to different golf courses, definitely going to be ball striking over putting just because of the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter what surface you're on. You're, you're, you're probably going to be hitting a good. Um, Great point. Great point, lad. From last week compared to this week. So of all the favorites at 25 to one, I don't hate that number. Um, I, you know, one of rookies issues over whether you say the last two years, he hasn't really been in contention, but his career would be just closing out tournaments. So, you know, 25 to one might be a little scary given the fact that he hasn't been able to uh, cross the finish line that often, but I definitely think he could uh, string together uh, some top tens here uh, going forward with how well he's hitting it. But um, as far as to win, yeah, I'm out of, on him as well. But moving into our next guy, it's Joaquin Neiman at 25 to one. Um, one thing that really stood out in terms of, you know, looking at these guys, how they fared in 2019 when Tiger won on the same golf course uh, would be Joaquin Neiman just jumped out to me. He shot rounds of 68, 68, 67, to finish in a tie for 30th. He had a final round 74 where he went from being, uh, you know, a tie for eighth to finishing in that tie for 30th. So a little bit, uh, um, you know, if you read deeper into that result, I think you could say, you know, he does like the golf course. He actually wasn't on the clock that final round. He wasn't trying to shoot the fastest round in PJ tour history. So no excuse for that final round 74, uh, like at East Lake, but, uh, yeah, he does like the golf course. He was top 10 going to the final round. 
Um, one stat that jumps out a little bit would be he's six on tour in par three scoring average. We have five par threes this week. Um, the only thing that kind of is a little concerning about Joaquin Neiman is he just doesn't win that often. He only has one career win. And in terms of recent form, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't had a top 10, top 10 since July when he lost in a playoff at the rocket mortgage. So, uh, for me, he is a bit of a pass for me this week, just in terms of winning, you know, if you can get him on a nice number in a top 10, I think he definitely could do it. Remember these top tens are closer to top twenties this week, just because that's field being split in half but I just don't think he is has shown the form recent recent enough to warrant a, uh, a pick to win. And then one other stat that kind of jumps out, you're going to have to hit fairways this week with all the trees and um, with the smaller greens, obviously, if you're coming out of the rough, you're not going to stand much of the chance through, through a couple events this season, he's losing strokes off the tee, which is a little concerning compared to how he uh, is normally one of the best drivers on tour. So Joaquin in terms of winning at 25 to one is a stay away from me. Yeah, and I, I lost um, – I had a ticket, uh, Joaquin Neiman, top South African at plus 140 last week. And kind of like I said in the favorites, not not to go back to CJ at all, but, um, you know, shot 14 under, finished T45. So not a terrible week, finished a 71 in the final round. But, uh, you know, speaking of top South African Afri- – or South top South Americans, excuse me, uh, Jonathan Vegas was the winner in that field as the top South American last week, uh, finished T 14, 66, 69, 68, 66. Great tournament last week. And that brings us into our next favorite at Jonathan Vegas at 28 to one. A lot of people are thinking, um, that Jonathan Vegas, um, you know, is a clear cut winner this week. I am one of those guys. You know, and a lot of pressure playing the last couple of weeks, the last name Vegas in Vegas, you know, trying obviously didn't exactly hold his own. Fantastic point. Even though, um, even through a bad putting week at the CJ Cup, he still managed to put, put together his fourth top 15 finish in his last six starts. He is playing well. The putting is above average right now, which is usually his issue. He's 10th in birdie average on tour. Um, and the ball striking is business as usual, almost hitting 80% of his greens in regulations through a couple of events this year. Uh, being that this is a smaller field, uh, Vegas is pretty overpriced and picks to place. Uh, but I like a couple of his matchups, him against Charlie Hoffman at minus 120 is going to be um, is going to be good to look at. Um, but possibly a winning Vegas ticket this week um, at the Zozo Championship. Yeah, I'm just adding to your Vegas thoughts. Um, it seems like when I was looking at the statistics of just the putters in this field, like everybody in the bottom 10 in putting was just like a top 10 favorite. So realistically, you just have to, you know, we're trying to think who's going to have the breakout week with the putter that they don't, don't normally have that's going to help them uh, lift the trophy. I think Johnny Vegas overall, he's more of a ball striker. He's actually first off the tee in 10th approach in his last 50 rounds, which should um, have him faring well here at uh, was it Narashima? What's the name of it? We got yeah. What's the name of the course? Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, Narashima. You had it. You had it. Yeah, we had it. Um, so, uh, just looking at Johnny Vegas, he isn't one of the better putters in the field. He does fare a little better on these bent surfaces. So, um, yeah, Will, I'm with you. I think he, you know, he could have a good week here. Uh, but I definitely do like him in that matchup against Charlie Hoffman, just based on uh, how they're playing. But moving into our next guy, 
Cameron Tringali, 28 to one. Yuck. Um, yeah. My nickname for Cameron Tringali is Charles Howell Jr. Uh, <sighs> Charles Howell has made over $40 million on tour, despite only really having, I think two wins in that, in that 20 year career, Cameron, much of the same, he's made over $15 million on tour and he's never registered a win. So these guys are, uh, you know, certified check cashers. Um, so far this season, he's, you know, he's finished 11th at the Sanderson and 22nd at the Portnet. Uh, he's one of those guys that kind of cleans up at the smaller events, you know, the Puerto exactly, yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> 14th at the rocket mortgage just lives in the top 20. In those <laughs> yeah. Events. He loves those small events. Um, so, and he tends to kind of fade in the bigger events. So this week, I don't know if you want to, you know, it's a limited field Zozo only tournament in Japan. You, I don't know if you want to call that a big or a small, that one's tough to, you know, take his uh see see what he sees it as but um i mean i guess the one thing he has going for him is the fourth best put in the field and the fourth best on bent um i'm just not sure it can really offset his ball striking this week he's bottom of the field when it comes to driving the golf ball uh even with two greens on every hole i don't know if he's going to be able to hit either of them so he's a pass for me this week and moving into uh alex noren at 28 to 1 uh, by the way i'm passing on tringali too all the way around um, no tickets for me on Tringali this week on to Alex Noren at 28 to one. Um, Noren played his first event of the season last week and had a great week, um, off the tee hitting 75% of his fairways, uh, but could not hit a green to save his life. Ended up finishing 59th. But, um, if you go back and take a look at how well he performed off the tee, um, 75%, like I said, that really explains why he's favored favored this week um, you know, in, in the top 10 of favorites. And led this leads me straight into my head-to-heads, my first head-to-head of the week. Wait, I want to add one thing okay. on You, you on have Alex. A, a Norn note from Led? A Norn note, okay. Um, I haven't been able – you know, in the bigger tournaments, you obviously get more bets on different guys, and, uh, you know, you can bet what color shirts are going to wear or what, kind yeah. of, what <laughs> yeah. color Gatorade – um, I need to look around. I don't know if there's a Norn to miss the cut. Obviously he's one of the favorites here, but the one thing I hate about his game is the fact that he, well, I actually love about his game is he hits it left to right every single time. He's the, you know, if you ask who's the, who is Mr. Fade on the PJ tour, it would definitely be Alex Norn. And this week we're going to be dealing with a lot of dog legs. So you're going to have to work the ball both ways. So I don't know exactly the course in terms of are there some holes where he's going to have to try to hit a draw or are there some holes where, you know, he's going to have to go to the edge of the tee box and have to move a water cooler to be able to hit the fairway. So uh, that's the one thing that concerns me about Alex Norton. It's just the fact that he hits every single shot left to right. And realistically, we're going to have, you know, dog legs, meaning we're going to have par fours, par fives that are going to be, you know, shaped right to left half the time and left to right half the time. So, it's going to be see. It's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to that. Yeah, and every every great point. Every fairway here is a just a total runway, um, mm-hmm. either veering left or right. So good point there. Um, I disagree though. First head to head is going to be Alex Noren over Joakim Neiman at plus one hundred. Um, we're just getting incredibly incredible odds um, for this ticket simply because we're starting to see a trend of Neiman not playing well. It's been a a particularly major struggle with the putter. Um, He's lost two shots on the greens, at least two shots on the greens and four of his last five starts and hasn't recorded a top 20 since the beginning of August. So um, also through two events 
this season, Neiman ranks 123rd on tour in driving accuracy. Um, a, a stat that isn't definitely, unless he gets it together, it's going to bite him in the ass um, on these narrow fairways this week. Um, Alex Noren has three top 10 finishes in his last six starts. And, um, it, you know, it does, Led, you're right in the sense that it does come down to the right to left uh, dog legs. You know, how is he going to manage those? If he does, um, I have full confidence in this ticket. I actually have another uh, Noren ticket in the picks to place. We'll get to that. Um, you know, tie fairways for a guy who hits a lot of them. You know, I think he's going to have wedge numbers into these greens all day. Um, so my first head to head is Alex Noren over Joaquin Neiman at plus 100. Uh, my second head to head is going to be Johnny Vegas over Charlie Hoffman at minus 120. Um, besides Glen Abbey Golf Club, where Vegas um, has won uh, the RBC Canadian Open twice, there's no other golf course um, that Johnny Vegas, you know, will, will play that suits him better um, than this one. It's, it's a very similar setup in the sense that you have to hit a ton of fairways or you just flat out will not score. Um, and I have so much confidence in Vegas against Hoffman. Uh, because Hoffman has had a very f- slow first four events um, of the 2022 season. And um, four events is most most is more events than most players in the field have played um, thus far. So we have a pretty solid sample sample size um, in that he's only hitting 50 percent of his fairways and is a hundredth on tour in greens and regulation. So Charlie Hoffman, not a factor this week. My second head to head is Johnny Vegas over Charlie Hoffman at minus 120. My third and final head to head um, this week will be Will Zalatoris over Hideki Matsuyama um, at plus 100. Um, you know, this is pretty much a head to head matchup of who can putt better because Hideki Matsuyama, you know, he's looking absolutely lost with the putter. Um, it's been shocking losing about three strokes on average to the field on the greens. Yes, he did finish second here in 2019, but his game was just a completely different place. Like I said in the favorites, Zal has been streaky with the putting, um, was bad at Shriners two weeks ago, but still making up shots on the greens on average um, over his last five events. Um, he does have two top top tens in his last three starts, and I like him to beat Hideki this week. So my third and final head-to-head is Will Zal Torres over Hideki Matsuyama at plus 100. And just reviewing uh, my three head-to-heads, it's going to be Alex Noren over Joaquin Neiman at plus 100, Johnny Vegas over Charlie Hoffman at minus 120, and Will Zalatoris over Hideki Matsuyama at plus 100. Love those picks. Love those. And for my head-to-heads, I'm going with Colin Morikawa over Xander Shoffley minus 110. Like I brought up earlier, this is just more of a numbers thing. Colin should be favored, in my opinion. You know, in fact, even when we were doing our DraftKings, Colin was more expensive, so it doesn't make any sense to me while he was why he shouldn't be the tournament favorite. Um, he's coming in with great form, obviously, with a tied second last week. One thing with Colin uh, is, you know, obviously over the last couple months, we talked about was there a back issue? Was there something going on? But he's one of those guys when his ball striking is on, he's like borderline unbeatable. Uh, last week he was fourth in uh, strokes gained approach. That's going to, you know, be great for him this week. And if you just look at the players, you know, sometimes it's just, obviously you only got to beat one guy. We just have to beat Xander this week. The only statistical category you'd really take Xander in over Colin, 
uh, would be putting and put and uh, Colin picked up strokes on the field last week, putting in all four rounds. So, you know, the one thing that you'd say, Oh, at least Xander does this better. I think Colin is doing better right now. So my first head to head is Colin Morikawa over Xander Shoffley minus minus one ten. for my neck. For my next one, it's Hideki Matsuyama over Tommy Fleetwood minus one thirty. Um, Hideki versus Tommy Fleetwood. I'm surprised they even offered this matchup. Uh, obviously, um, a little steeper price here at minus one thirty. But Hideki's at home this week, uh, and just look at him head to head. Hideki is better than than Tommy in every statistical p- category except putting, and this is a ball strikers course. So I think Hideki is going to fare really well here. The other thing Hideki has going for him, obviously, in 2019, two years ago when it was last, when the tournament was last uh, at this golf course, Hideki finished runner-up at 1600. So I love this matchup with Hideki over Tommy Fleetwood minus 130. And then for my last one, it's going to be Adam Shank over Charlie Hoffman plus 100. Um, Adam is coming off a tied third at the Shriners in which he led the tournament heading into the final round. Um, Adam Shank is one of the few players on tour that is top 20 in, in both strokes gained approach and putting that should uh, um, fare well for him this week. And this has resulted in a lot of birdies. So he's made 50 birdies in, through 10 rounds uh, of his PGA Tour season. From a source, a former college teammate of mine, uh, sorry, teammate of his at Purdue, uh, call, uh, sorry, Adam loves working the ball both ways off the tee. So, you know, that should set up very nicely for the uh for the dog legs he's going to face and he does love the zoysia grass a little insider information there and then if you just look at charlie's stat he's 162nd putting and 123rd approach um on the season heading into into this matchup so you know statistically from we got the sources on it adam shank over charlie hoffman plus 100 for my first head-to-head my next one being hideki matsuyama over tommy fleetwood minus 130 and then rounding it out with colin morikawa over zandy xander shoffley minus 110 didn't know shank was a bullet maker he what yes yes big win who they they beat uh who they knock out of the college football yeah they the iowa. The, iowa. yeah, yeah yes, yeah yes 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 uh love that angle um, over to my uh, picks of place this week for the Zozo Championship. Uh, we're going to start off with CT Pan, uh, top 20 at plus 120. I have a similar outlook on Harold Varner's potential 2022 season as I do for CT Pan. Um, it's just going to be a big one. Uh, 2022, it, it, it's going to mark the turning point for both of their careers. CT, it starts right here in Japan this week. Uh, Pan is currently 10th in scoring average and has back-to-back top 10 finishes. Um, and really the putter has seemed to take a turn for the best in his sixth place finish at Fortnet. He picked up 6.5 strokes on the greens and the following week at Sanderson farms, he finished 11th, um, while picking up almost three strokes on the green. So he took about two weeks off since, so I'm not concerned at all with his travel schedule to Japan. Um, and, and, unlike uh, the majority of the favorites in this field. So my first pick to place is CT Pan top 20 at plus 120. My second one, we're going to run it back with Alex Noren here um, as the top European um, to place in the field this week. So the little leaderboard for this is Tommy Fleetwood, Alex Noren, Matt Wallace, Henrik Norlander, and Sepp Straka. We already talked about how horrible Fleetwood's playing um you know as we look down 
the European leaderboard, Matt Wallace at plus 400. He's missed three missed cuts, um, has three missed cuts in his last five starts. Uh, Henrik Norlander puts absolutely awful um, on bent greens. Um, and yeah, Henrik is the one to worry about two top 10 finishes um, in his last four starts. But one of those was Barbasol back in July. So it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, that, that, that's Tringali's specialty event there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyways, love Alex Nor- Norin um, at plus 200 to finish as the top European in the field. So my two uh, picks to place this week, CT Pan top 20 plus 120 and Alex Norin um, top European at plus 200. Love those. Love those. So I'll, uh, I'll, you know, start with something you have as well. I'm taking Chang Sung Pan top 10 plus 300. So I think he's going to have a little better week coming off a tied six at the Fortinet, a tied 11th at the Sanderson. So he's obviously playing well in the last couple of weeks. Um, this is a little bit of a shorter course. So I think that, you know, leans his way a little bit. He is one of the shorter guys out there on tour, um, whether that be off the tee or if we're just measuring straight height. Um, in, in terms of he has a little good mojo in, uh, in Japan earlier this year, he was able to, um, you know, be to come through in that playoff for the bronze medal uh, earlier, uh, earlier this year in Japan. So coming in with some good vibes, obviously. He's 11th in strokes gain approach on tour. So I think these smaller greens is going to lend itself to the way kind of he plays a little shorter off the tee, put it in the fairway and then start attacking these pins. And then also he's 12th strokes gain putting. So, you know, that combo should, should give him enough birdies this week. Remember, obviously top 10 seems like a great week, but I think it's uh, um, a little easier this week with that limited feel. That's going to look at more like a little bit more of a top 15, top 20 week for him at, at, uh, at a nice number plus 300. So Chang Sung Pan top 10 plus 300 for me. Um, my next one is going to be Will Zalatoris, top 10 plus 170. Um, eighth approach relative to the field in his last 50 rounds. Once again, on a course with small greens, I think this is going to be, uh, be great for him. Two top 15s in his last three starts. Him finishing top 10 this week in this weaker field is going to be closer to one of those top 15s. So let's see if he can kind of keep that streak going. And I just think with how good he is, tee to green, it's, he's really going to fare well on this golf course. So Will Zalatoris top 10 plus 170. And for my last one, it's Hideki Matsuyama top 10 plus 170. Uh, you know, obviously not the exact form we'd love going into this event, but what, like we talked about, no one knows this golf course better and better than Hideki. He finished second here in 2019. And I just love that number, honestly, plus 170 smaller field he should be able to do that no problem and realistically he could tend this he could contend this week the one reason i'm shying away on him winning is just the putter but he can have a awful week putting and still make the top 10 no problem so for um just recapping my picks hideki matsuyama top 10 plus 170 will zalatoris top 10 plus 170 and then chang sung pan top 10 plus 300 beautiful and on on to our dark horses um only one for me this week. I have Harry Higgs top 10 at plus 450. Um, Higgs has been one of my go-tos in DraftKings, uh, really an up-and-coming star on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's finished top 20 in three of his last six um, events um, on tour. I am worried about his fatigue heading to Japan after back-to-back weeks in Vegas, um, but I think Harry Higgs has a great week based off how, how well he's driving the golf ball and picking up about a shot on the field on average in his last five events. 
Um, Higgs also puts above average on bank grass um, is picking up two shots on the putting greens uh, to the field in his last five events. So uh, my dark horse this week for the Zozo championship is Harry Higgs top 10 at plus 450. Love it. Love it. And then for my dark horse, I'm going with a very dark horse. I'm going with Robert Streb, 100 to 1. Um, under the radar, he won the RSM Classic last year. Didn't even think about that. That's coming up. Uh, obviously, same time of year. So, you know, good vibes coming in. Uh, backed up his tied 27th, the Shriners, with a tied ninth last week at the CJ Cup. He shot a 61 in the first round, seven under through six. He started that round, which is just like unbelievable kind of a perennial, one of the best putters on tour. Uh, when his putter is hot, he doesn't really tend to miss too often. Uh, in terms of his ball striking numbers, absolutely hate them. He's outside the top 100 off the tee and approach. Uh, but last week, uh, maybe flash in the pan, maybe not. Uh, at the CJ Cup, he hit 80% of the fairways and over, 73, over 73% of the greens. So He's one of those guys, if he does have a good ball striking week, he can certainly you know be in the top 10, top 5, even maybe contend. Uh, I remember a couple years ago, he was, he broke his putter the final round and was putting with his wedge and was just rinsing putts on the back nine on Sunday with his wedge. So really goes to show, it doesn't matter. You, you can hand him his wedge and he'll still make putts. So obviously a long shot here at hundred to one, but with a weaker field, I do really like that number for Robert Streb who showed last week, he can take it deep, no problem. So my dark horse is Robert Streb at hundred to one. Agreed. He just has to, he has to ball strike. He has to hit the ball average. Yeah. And, and he finished in the top 10. Yeah. Just got to finish the round with the same ball he teed off with. Should be fine. On to um, our winner uh, this week for the Zozo championship. I'm going Jonathan Vegas at 28 to one. Talked a lot about him um, in favorites and head to heads, but bottom line, no better T ball in the field this week. Um, than Jonathan Vegas. I'm taking my chance with him. The two numbers uh, that I really like for Jonathan Vegas, that he's 15th in greens per regulation on tour and 10th in birdie average. You mix those two numbers with how well he's hitting the driver. And I, I think it's our best look at an outright winner this week. So I'm going Jonathan Vegas at 28 to one to win. Love it. Love it. And well, I'm the same thing. I'm shying away a little bit from these favorites because they're like five to one, seven to one, kind of yeah. 10 to one range. It seems like in football, right? You can, if you don't love a number, right? Let's say it's uh, they need like a spread in golf or something to make these uh, to make these favorites a little more appetizing, even, you know, like, let's say it's a Monday night football game and you know, obviously you can bet a team to win, but you can bet a team to win by seven or more and you're going to get better odds. It'd be nice if we, you know, a guy like Colin Morikawa, who's seven to one this week, we could be like, okay, to win by two or more shots, maybe that's 14 to one or 20 to one. Um, make those guys a little more appetizing. But honestly, I'm shying away from the favorites just because, man, winning is hard. And those guys at five to one, seven to one, that's just, that's tough. So I'm taking Chang Sung Pan at 45 to one. Last two starts, a tied six and a tied 11th. Um, like we said, the course fits him. It's a little shorter. So is he. Um, no more height jokes uh, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of, and then he had a bronze medal in Japan earlier this year. So he's going to come in with some confidence. So for my pick to win, it's going to be Chang Sung Pan at 45 to one. And um, onto our DraftKings showdown. We, we, we tie lead ties it up last week. Great week for lead in the books. Great week for lead in DraftKings. now tied at one, one. Let's get into these lineups. 
Um, I'm going Alex Noren, um, who I have now I now have two tickets on. Um, I'm also going to throw him in my lineup. I'm going to go with Johnny Vegas um, as my second player. CT Pan, Harry Higgs, who has been a stallion um, in DraftKings this year. Um, and then Sam Ryder and Ryan Palmer to round out my caboose. So I'm um, going Alex Noren, Jonathan Vegas, CT Pan, Harry Higgs, Sam Ryder, and Ryan Palmer for my DraftKings lineup this week. Tough, tough. And then for mine, I'm going for my DraftKings lineup. I'm going with Colin Morikawa, Adam Shank, CT Pan, also known as Chang Sung Pan, Robert Streb, Harry Higgs. And then I couldn't really afford many other people. So I'm going with a former high school uh, alumnus of ours, Shugo Imahira, the Japanese sensation to round out my lineup. Okay, Led, we'll see what we'll see what happens uh, with those lineups this week. Feeling pretty good about mine. I feel like Ryan Palmer is going to surprise a little bit, a few, a few people this week. Playing absolutely terrible, but got him for super cheap. Um, I like Ryan Palmer this week in DraftKings. On to our best bets for the week for the Zozo Championship. Uh, my best bet this week is Will Zalatoris over Tommy Fleetwood um, at minus 120. Um, I thought we're getting, you know, Thought we're getting great odds there at minus 120. Fleetwood, you know, I know Zalatoris has had a couple bad putting weeks, but Fleetwood um, has been twice as bad. He's only picked up strokes on the greens um, at two of his last eight events. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I really like Zalatoris um, on this golf course. If he can just hold together with his putter, I think his, his, his driving off the tee um, is going to out, outlast Fleetwood. I'm fading Fleetwood pretty hard this week. My best bet for the Zozo Championship um, is Will Zalatoris over Tommy Fleetwood at minus 120. Yeah, I'll sign off on that. I do like that. Um, for my best bet, I'm going with Colin Morikawa, top 10, minus 125. Remember, smaller field, it's top 10 is closer to a top 15, top 20 in terms of um, you know the way it's priced. As you know, golf is a game of runs. Guys miss five cuts in a row and then find something, have five, you know, five top tens, five top 25s in a row. I think Colin is really going to start rolling now after that uh, second place finish last week. Uh, last week, he picked up strokes putting every round. And uh, I just really think he's going to continue that into this week. So for me, it's Colin Morikawa, top 10, minus 125. Lock it in for my best bet. Okay, Led, that will do it on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Zozo Championship Week. Um, we'll see what happens with DraftKings. Best of luck to you with all the tickets, and best of luck to our listeners. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, let's keep it rolling. Okay.